Market Matters, a podcast brought to you by Emirates NBD. My name is Maurice Gravier. I am Chief Investment Officer for the bank. I'm not alone today. Together with my colleagues from the strategy team, we will provide you with a preview of our 2022 Global Investment Outlook. Our flagship annual publication will soon be released and our webinar is on February 9th. I will start, as always, by a look back at 2021. Our theme of investing in the age of magic money was a clear pro-cyclical playbook. As a result, our positioning from January to December was underweight bonds and overweight stocks with only minor adjustments. 2021 was all about believing in the recovery and be constant. And it worked. Our tactical asset allocation outperformed our SAA with returns of 2.4, 4.2 and 7.6 for our respective profiles. 2022 is different. Our global investment outlook is titled Low Visibility Ahead. Let's start with the fundamental picture. It is reasonably constructive. The global economy should complete its recovery and grow above trend as the world lives with the virus. Inflation is a hot topic. In 2021, the increase in consumer and producer prices have reached levels unseen in decades. We believe that between more favorable base effects, a rebalancing of consumption towards more services, and the slow but clear progress in fixing the supply chain bottlenecks, inflation should abate to more reasonable levels. However, as the economy has reached escape velocity, of course policy support will be reduced. The end of the extraordinary support from central banks is justified and it's just been confirmed by the Fed in January. Can the global economy live with less magic money and interest rates maybe 1% higher? Of course it can. The issue is not in the backdrop. It is in the fact that it is consensual and already at least partially reflected by elevated valuations and heavy positioning from investors. The upside potential against our year-end fair values is positive yet modest. In front of it, there is no shortage of concerns to trigger unpredictable volatility episodes. Uncertainty revolves around big questions. Covid, of course. Omicron is taking a toll on activity in Q1 and no one can say that we won't have other variants. Central banks, what is the trajectory? Are they dealing effectively against inflation or maybe not enough or maybe too much? Technology, it outperformed year after year after year. Will it retain its leadership in a less remote life and with higher interest rates? China, is it investable with a leadership more powerful than ever, firmly aiming at building a modern socialist country? One of the two words sounds more market-friendly than the other. Geopolitics with rising tensions everywhere, but also politics with social unrest spreading in many countries. We will share our stance on these key questions during our webinar in February. We are reasonably confident. The big picture from high altitude is reasonably constructive, but again, the ground visibility is poor. We thus expect a year of normal returns with abnormal volatility, in other words, poor risk-adjusted returns. 
So, what to do? When visibility is low, when you drive in the fog, wisdom is not to try to guess what lies ahead, but to slow down and prepare to adapt to what appears meter by meter. 2021 rewarded consistency. This year should favor tactical reactivity over proactivity. We have changed our allocations to start the year with less active positions to be ready to seize the tactical opportunities from turbulent markets. We cut our allocation to developed market equities from a large overweight to just neutral earlier in January. We did the same for gold. We kept our underweight in the most defensive segments of fixed income, but have raised cash and hedge funds which are less directional. We are very open to adapt to any situation. We would love to buy back treasuries and secure attractive yields for the long term if interest rates overshoot. We would also consider any serious correction in the stock market to buy at cheaper valuations because, again, we think that the big picture is not adverse. Our central scenario forecasts returns between plus 2 and plus 6% for our profiles for the year, but with high volatility and a lower level of confidence. Risk is probably on the downside, which is also when we usually outperform our competitors. Now, let me hand over to my colleagues. Let's start with Anita, our head of equity strategy. So, Anita, very simply, what's in store for stocks in 2022? Maurice, yes, we are at many inflection points for equities this year. After three years of exponential return, global equities are for 77%, US equities 100%, led by growth stock, the technology sector double that. A very volatile January has broken that pattern. What's upset an equilibrium that not even the pandemic had managed to derail? The backdrop has changed. Listen in at our 2022 annual outlook event where we will discuss which regions, sectors and factors are best positioned as supply chains remain under stress and inflation remains unusually hot-headed. 2022 brings a shift in monetary policy and higher yields. We no longer have the record stimulus that led to record savings and demand. We are past peak economic and earnings growth. Whilst growth has led global returns for the last three years, in January this year, value took the lead as Treasury yields rose and knocked technology stocks from the decade-long top spot as investors worried that higher yields would affect growth stocks' present valuation. What's our outlook for technology? With just five stocks of bank contributing to 33% of the S&P 500 return in 2021, Will the digital trends accelerated by the pandemic continue? Earnings growth remains the biggest contributor to equity performance. This year, margins face the twin shocks of rising interest rates and inflation, with a shortage of essential components such as chips and rising wages. In the quarter four guidance, banks JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs spoke of higher employee costs, Tesla of supply issues. This January, emerging markets are leading return, but China's regulatory landscape remains a worry. On the other hand, India's domestic economy is flourishing and UE equities are adding to last year's astronomical gains as oil continues to rally. Developed markets are down. And our focus this year remains on quality, strong balance sheets and margins. We remain constructive and expect emerging market equities to gain around 10% and develop the markets 5% this year. 
Thank you, Anita. Selectivity and quality, this year should work well for your sustainable portfolio, I guess. Now let's move on to bonds with Satya, our head of fixed income strategy. Satya, 2021 was the toughest year in decades for the asset class. It wasn't an easy job, but it was so right to underweight the safest segments. So now, 2022, how do we deal with low visibility for bonds? Thank you, Boris. We think 2022 is all about learning from the past. Chairman Powell made it very clear post the January FOMC meeting press conference that this will be a fast and furious rate hike cycle. Fed would be flexible rather than adopting the gradual pace of hikes that will happen in earlier cycles. There have been two rate hike cycles in the past 20 years. The first one happened during 2004 to 2006 when the Fed increased the rates by 425 bips. Next, the Fed hiked 200 bips from 2016 to 2018. The only quantitative tightening episode from 2017 to 2019 coincided with the second rate hike cycle. How did tenure treasuries behave? Tenure treasury yields in 2004 moved up by 50 bips before the first rate hike and fully retraced once the hike started, described as a column drop. We have a year-end estimate of 1.8% for the tenure treasury yield, but yesterday's hawkish overtones might pull the yield squash 2% in Q1, which for, uh, for us is an attractive level to cut our current underweight positioning in the government treasuries. Again, looking back at the last QT period, most of the credit spreads widened significantly, reaching their highest levels in December 2018 before bearing down some of the losses post the dovish Fed period in early 2019. We anticipate that solid growth, comfortable cash balances on the corporate balance sheets, extended maturity levels due to record refinancing in the last two years would keep a lead on the spreads this time around. We are underweight investment grade debt due to its high duration and neutral high yield debt due to expensive valuations. Emerging market debt valuations look reasonable, and the China policy pivot should support emerging market Asia and the commodity exporters of LATAM. China's local currency investment grade debt could provide much needed diversification due to the policy divergence between the Fed and the PBOC. Closer home, MENA high sovereigns should offer a better return than their IG counterparts due to the resilient oil prices supporting the credit spreads. We are currently overweight emerging market debt as a result. However, I must add that the current positioning is based on a consensus view of strong growth and zero policy errors. As mentioned earlier, this is a year of low visibility and uncertainties. We remain flexible to alter our positioning in response to changing scenarios. Thank you, Satya. We will indeed all be ready to adapt to anything. And as you said, we'd love to buy safe bonds with comfortable yields for a change, if we can, to secure some future returns. Talking about the future, now we'll take a step back with Giorgio, our head of asset allocation and quantitative strategies, and look at the longer horizon. Giorgio, the economy and markets have seen so many mutations in so little time. Has anything changed for the long-term picture? Yes, Maurice. A lot is going to change in the longer term. We expect the next 10 years to be different for financial markets, so strategic portfolios should be different. Our two main highlights. Equities and bonds will see more muted returns versus history. Hence, for wealth creation, one will have to rely less on buy and hold, less on traditional asset classes, and will have to focus more on income-generating assets, alternative investments, as well as more on being nimble. 
so focus on tactical asset allocation. But this is easier said than done. That is why getting the same average returns as in, as in the past will require harder work. Investors will have to put in the same portfolio of both traditional and non-traditional asset classes and work a bit harder on product and manager selection. So, working with experienced professionals on this will be important. But why complicate matters rather than just stick with bonds and equities? Because a paradigm shift is already in the making. Different post-COVID economic policies will have market repercussions. There is no more austerity, but rather large public deficits. There is the fight to inequality with transfers to lower-income people. There is fiscal policy alongside monetary policy. There will be a bit more inflation than in the past, and market valuations are already high across asset classes. In summary, we'll have to brace ourselves for a longer period of higher volatility and more uncertain returns, and this explains the focus on more resilient, so more complex portfolios, as well as the need for being nimble rather than relying on a buy-and-hold approach. In summary, a more challenging decade and returns harder to come by require a lot more care from investors. Do join us on our 2022 Outlook to learn more. Thank you, Giorgio, Satya and Anita. And as you just said, again, we'll go into much more details in our publication and during our webinar, which will also be available as a replay and on social media. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Don't be afraid of the low visibility ahead and invest wisely for the long term. <music>